the podcast of Imago Day Community, where we're convicted to help bring the whole gospel to the whole person, to the whole world. Join us in this Sunday service as we look to the scriptures seeking to be transformed into the image of Christ. We're in a series called The Community of the Crucified King. And so today I'm going to talk about two things. Two things that perhaps uh, seem contradictory. One is baptism and one is belonging. And you may go, I don't understand what baptism at all has to do with belonging. Um, Hopefully you will by the end of the sermon. If not, just enjoy the bread and wine. And, uh, you know, belonging is this unique human need that we all have, that, that loneliness is sort of a, <clears throat> a, a reality that we all can touch, we can all feel it. Sorry about that. And in the midst of <clears throat> our need to belong, we also come up against all the reasons why maybe we don't belong. It could be... Uh, It could be a flaw that we feel. It could be uh, a sense of our own inadequacies, our own securities. It could be something that was done to us. But there are all kinds of reasons, whether they're legitimate or not, they are to you. And you feel like, I don't belong. There's places that you feel like you don't belong. Sometimes those places are places that you really were supposed to feel like you belonged. Like home, right? Like marriage, family, church. Like those are places you were supposed to experience that. And maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But we all have this sense of longing to belong. And we, we, we tend to express our belonging through some pretty strong cultural markers. Um, there are things that are, are, are true. It, race would be part of this, but it's race, it's gender, it's abilities and disabilities. It becomes style and sort of these cultural norms of status that declare this is who I am. And we declare that because we want Ultimately, we want to belong to some body, to some body, to some community. Well, turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, because I believe that the community that Jesus brings all of us into is a baptized community. Like, like we're a community of people who our longing to belong is addressed through a sacrament, a symbol of baptism. And the genius of Jesus is he was able to infuse very ordinary things with very deep meaning. So we come here every week to a table of bread and wine, very ordinary. And yet when you come to it, you're not like going, you know, I got a hankering for a crouton dipped in grape juice. Do they, oh good, there's a lot of them here. I'm gonna go get one. Like, it it makes no sense to us in terms of that's what I do. But it's these ordinary symbols 
that almost make no sense, that are infused with such deep meaning that you find yourselves weeping, confessing, repenting, experiencing the very presence of Jesus in a little piece of bread and a sip of wine. And baptism's no different. Baptism is the, the original sort of meaning of the word is, is it came from dyeing fabric. So they would take fabric and they would dip it, they'd baptize it into whatever the color was. And when they pulled it out, the color would permeate the fabric and they would say, we baptized it. It became a symbol of identification and a, a symbol of belonging. So that when people would enter water of baptism, they would go down and they would come out and they would have left their past and entered into a new identity. So in Matthew chapter 28, we have a passage where Jesus introduces us to the, the sacrament, this symbol of baptism. It's a passage that some of you are real familiar with. Look at verse 19. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And so right at the very beginning, there are obvious obstacles the obstacle is go into all nations, which means you're going to go into all kinds of different people groups that have really strong cultural identities. They have cultural markers that have been set, and they've become primary sources of their understanding of belonging. And I want you to go into those places and I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So the all nations part is kind of a major obstacle. And it brings up questions like, if Jesus is gonna create a new humanity, a new community amongst people who are completely different and varied and have judged each other and hated each other, how is he going to do that? How is Jesus going to deconstruct the cultural identity markers that we've made primary and make them secondary? Not to diminish or dilute them into kind of one just boring vanilla, but to maintain them and keep them and celebrate them and express them, but not let them get in the way of this one new humanity? How will Jesus disempower the judgmental pride that stems from those markers? That judgmental pride that's in you, that's in me, that's that looks at other people with different abilities or disabilities, genders, races, status, class, and we make judgments whether they should belong or not. How will Jesus disempower that when he sends us all to all nations and tells us to preach this gospel? 
How will he make one new humanity? How will Jesus name them with a name that sits above and over all these other things that name them? How will he address our propensity to only understand our belonging through our cultural sort of sect instead of Jesus? And the crazy thing is that he does it with water, right? He does it with the symbol of baptism. He says that, that, that this identifier will name you above all things with my name. That he will create a new community of people who see themselves as belonging to Jesus and understand their relationship to the rest of the community through his love and his sacrifice in his eyes. And so the crazy thing is that baptism becomes this revolutionary sacrament where Jesus takes all kinds of people who shouldn't have anything to do with each other and he gives them a place to belong. Not just to him, but to belong to each other. Right? He creates this new community and this new humanity. And it's not based on status. And it's not based on ability. And it's not based on race or gender or class. It's based on the fact that we've been named by Jesus. We belong to Jesus. And we belong to one another. And the sad part is we have not lived into our baptized identity very well. Uh, We know that Sundays are the most segregated day of the week. That goes for race. It also goes for class, right? You have poor urban churches. You have rich, suburban. You have all these different, but but pretty much people are the same kind of people there. Being a baptized community means that we can't We can't simply identify our belonging and our self-understanding with our comfort level of those cultural markers. It pushes us. It pushes us beyond them. Now, the great part is that this isn't new to us. It wasn't like, man, and then you guys got here and you screwed the whole thing up. We had it going so well. If, in fact, if this had gone well, we probably wouldn't have most of the New Testament because Paul was writing to churches who didn't know how to do this very well. They didn't know how to bring all these people together and make Jesus their hope and meaning for belonging, to find their identity as a humanity under Jesus. But if we're going to be a a baptized community, which you are, then it means that you're gonna find your identity through other things than your cultural bias. Instead, you're gonna find it through being accepted by Jesus and reorganizing your lives around how he calls to love other people through you. The the sacrament Right? If we own it as an identity, 
that we are the baptized people of Jesus, right? It creates energy. That's what grace does. It creates energy in you to live out of a new way of being. It creates energy in you to not only see the other person, but to serve, to help them. Their disability, their liability becomes your opportunity, right? Because this is how the new humanity works. Being a baptized community means that Jesus creates a new social fabric, like a new ethic. If we follow Jesus, then we begin to sort of look like him and live like him. And so that means that instead of excluding people, we embrace them. Real simple. But all those cultural markers that meant you belong simultaneously meant somebody else didn't, right? They were excluded. And not all those cultural markers are bad. You need to maintain a sense of your cultural identity, but not to the exclusion of the other. And through this baptized identity, Jesus says you belong to one another. You're in Christ. And if you're in Christ, then you belong to this community. And rather than being excluded or excluding, we're called to embrace. Embrace the difference. Embrace the other. That requires us to celebrate the difference instead of judging and feeling superior. And churches are full of this. You know this, right? Rather than celebrate the other, we, we judge, we feel superior. We're, at least we're not that person. At least we're not of that status or that class or that race or of that past. At least we're not addicted. At least we're not divorced. At least we're not, and we start to like look through the lens and we judge each other and we formulate opinions that tend to be opinions that make us feel superior, right? I was thinking about this, this is just humorous, but I'm driving home and this, there's this Justin Timberlake song that plays 24 hours a day on every station about him getting a new suit or something. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I just saw him in a movie, and he's, he's an actor, and he's, he kills it every time he's on Saturday Night Live, and then he's singing, and the kids love him, and I haven't done anything with my life, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I'm a loser, because he's younger than me, I think. Well, of course. Um, after, uh, but then I thought to myself, well, wait, Jeannie said, well, it helps because he started out on the Mickey Mouse Club. And I said, okay, my parents didn't love me. <laughs> so I found a whole nother way to make me feel, right, like I, I, I needed to, he's superior, but my, and now I'm a victim because my, th- this really did occur. Um, <laughs> But I, I didn't mean it, although I kind of felt like a loser. But, um, 
But it's that sense that we judge people and find a way to make ourselves feel superior. And when we can't feel superior, we deconstruct them. Like, oh, he was on the Mickey Mouse Club. Of course. (laughs) Everyone that was on the Mickey Mouse Club is awesome. I didn't even know that was still going on. Uh, But apparently that still exists. So it's this sense of judgment, superiority versus celebration of the difference. It also requires us, if we're this baptized community, it means that you receive each other as a gift instead of tolerate each other as a liability. Like, you are a baptized follower of Jesus. If this is true for you, right, it means that the Holy Spirit has filled your life, given you a gift, and that gift is a piece of the puzzle to the church being who we're supposed to be. And without you, something's missing. And so every single person is a gift. And they're to be embraced and received as a gift to the community. That's very, very different than we look around the room and we tolerate each other and consider each other kind of liabilities. Consider each other as inconvenient. We've reduced love one another to suggestion, not command. We look at people who aren't like us and we tolerate them. Hi, how are you? Really good. I gotta go see a guy about a thing. Right? And you get away from them. But what if what you perceive as liability in that person was actually a gift that God gave them to make you a more compassionate person, a more patient person, a more tolerant person. If you spend any time around people with disabilities, quote unquote disabilities, is what we call them. And the reason we call them that is because they can't, quote unquote, sort of perform the way we perform. And you have decisions that you have to make. Like, will I be shaped by this person? Will I receive them as gift? Or will you just be impatient with them and wish that they'd fix themselves? They can't fix themselves. If someone like that can't belong in your life, right, then I don't know that there's a whole lot of Jesus going on there. Part of being a baptized community means that there's space here for the other. And we don't just tolerate them, but we receive them as gift from God, unique to us. And so you consider this identity. Jesus takes all of these diverse people that are in this room and in this city and in this world, and he says, I'm going to create a new humanity, and I'm going to start with the issue of identity and belonging, and I'm going to do all of that. I'm going to express all of this through symbol of water of an identity of going into the water and coming out and identifying yourself with me. Now, how does that work, right? How does that occur? 
Well, if we go back to Matthew 28, it says, go into the world, make disciples of all nations, baptize them from the name of the fa- in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. The reality is that this is a sign of discipleship. This is not simply a sign of suggestion. So part of living out this new identity is understanding that our relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit has happened to us because of Jesus. And we are brought into a new community. And in Christ's humanity, we are given a new humanity. And our discipleship is to obey him, to follow him, and to not take all of these love one another's as suggestion, but to hear him as, no, that's actually the dream. That's actually what I created you to be. That's how you're supposed to look now. You're a people who are following in the way of Jesus. And if you're going to follow in the way of Jesus, then you're going to love like me. And embrace, right? You're going to belong because I made you belong. It starts because we are primarily understanding ourselves as disciples of Jesus. And the reality, you guys, is that most of us don't. Most of us look at our identity and it's primarily shaped by those cultural markers. And Jesus is sort of our religious thing for the day. But that was not the intention. You were supposed to understand that you were the baptized people of God. And the baptized people of God aren't supposed to give their energy and their soul to the world. They're supposed to lay their energy and their lives down for the world. This can happen if you follow the Jesus you were baptized into. Romans chapter 6 verses 1 through 4 says this. What do we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Okay, We're his disciples, but we also no longer belong to sin. We belong to Jesus. And the brilliance of this sacrament is that It is an identifier. It's a symbol that we receive the reality through. You really are crucified with Christ. You really are dead to sin. It no longer, you don't belong to sin as your primary identity. You belong to Jesus. You really have been raised with Christ and given his life. That actually happened. 
So when you come to the table, for instance, you really do feel like he died for me. He shed his blood for me. He forgives me. He shows me grace. You, you experience that. And that, ha- that is to happen in baptism as well. I know baptism can sort of feel like a weird thing. Like, why would we do that? But the truth is, it's a symbol that, that, that you go, I'm going under the water to identify with his death and burial. And I'm raising from the dead to identify with his resurrection. And somebody is baptizing me. So it's not something I do to myself, but it's something that's given. And all of that is something I'm receiving. It points to an actual inward reality that is true of baptized people, this humanity that longs to belong, no longer belongs to sin, but they belong to Jesus and each other. And that is supposed to shape you. You're supposed to stand on that together. And you receive all of that truth through this sacrament of baptism. The, the New Testament, sort of the way it usually worked is that people believed and they got baptized. They were like, there's some water. I should get baptized. They wanted to. They longed to belong. And so you need to tap into that longing for a minute. That longing that you feel, that you think will be fulfilled by a spouse, or you think it'll be fulfilled by a, 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 if, if, if your parents treated you different, or your coworkers, or when you got that certain status. But, but ultimately, the deepest longing is only going to be fulfilled when you understand that you belong to Jesus, and you trust him. And the fruit of that is that you belong to one another. And no matter what your differences are, you're in Christ and you're one. And who wouldn't want that? Why wouldn't you want that? Right? For some of you, there's probably lots of you who haven't been baptized. And there's all kinds of reasons why we don't get baptized or stand in this sort of identity. Sometimes we do it because we, we think it's a work. Like, can I get to heaven without being baptized? We change it into a work. And, and I get that question a lot. What's funny about that question, it's kind of a wrong question. It's definitely sort of a, a lowest common denominator question. Like, we have the full discipleship package. This is, you know, carry your cross and follow me. It's communion, baptism, eat my flesh, drink my blood. But we also have... They just barely get into heaven package. And everyone's like, oh yeah, I'd like that one too. Yes, this is a no baptism package. Perfect, I'll take that salvation. And and, and it doesn't really, um, it doesn't really require much from you. It's kind of like just shacking up with your boyfriend or girlfriend. It's like, we can break this off any minute, right? You could just move out tomorrow. Let's, let's pretend we're married, but let's not have a wedding, right? That doesn't feel great. A lot of you are stuck in that situation. That's the low commitment piece, right? 
That's how can I barely get into heaven? How can I barely commit to somebody? How can I? And that's, that is not the attitude of the baptized people of God. Because the baptized people of God are going, how can I give you everything? How can I say no to myself and yes to you? And the way I learned to do that is by a God who said no to himself and yes to me. It's not a work. It's a grace that you receive, right? When I put a ring on my wife's finger during our marriage ceremony, I didn't have to push it, you know, I didn't have to like convince her. She wanted to receive that. I wanted to receive hers. I, we wanted that. That's baptism. Why wouldn't you want that? Now, there's still some other reasons, right? You could be ashamed of Jesus. That's a real reason. Maybe I'm ashamed of Jesus. I I don't want a crucified king. I want somebody that's going to be much more attractive in the world's eyes. I want somebody who's going to tell me things I want to hear that, that aren't so counterintuitive to how I actually live. Jesus is pretty straight. He says, if you're ashamed of me, I'm be ashamed of you. So you got to wrestle with that one. Are you ashamed of Jesus? That's why you're not standing in this identity or why you're not pursuing baptism. For some of you are ashamed of the community, right? We have spent so much of our own energy excluding and judging each other, creating our little homogeneous groups based on status, based on race, based on theology based on all kinds of things. And so maybe you're just going, I don't really want to be identified with the baptized people of God. I think it's fair to say that. But the miracle is that somehow for 2,000 years, this thing keeps going. Even though we've hated each other for so many of those years, right? It's like Jesus has to be in the middle of this thing. And I don't think that he simply said, man, you guys screwed it up in 1995. We had it going all the way up till then, right? This thing's been a mess from day one. It's hard to live this out. And yet the stream that gives it life, right? The thing that keeps flowing through the veins of the church is the life of Jesus. And we're still here and despite all the critics and all the criticisms and all the, the earned sort of blots on our badge, we're still doing stuff to make his name great. So I understand if you don't want to stand in that identity or if you don't want to come to baptize because you're ashamed of the community, but that's, that's family. That's family. I'm sure you got a parent, a sibling, a cousin that you're ashamed of too, but they're family. They're still gonna show up, hopefully, in your life. That's what it means to belong. We're God's family. And then some of you are just ashamed of yourself. You're like, my past is too bad, it's t- I, I don't deserve this. Uh, grace is tough to receive, for sure. Some of you come here and, and you go, well, people judge me because of how I look or because I do something 
Listen, everybody here deserves to go to hell. Nobody here is righteous in and of themselves. And there's nobody here that is worse than anyone else before a bloodstained cross. We are a people desperate for grace. So look at your past. And it's okay to have things that you go, I'm not proud of that. And I failed here. I'm ashamed of things I've been through. But the past is buried with Jesus. And when you come out of the water, you're made alive. And that is your truest identity. You're not a failed sinner, right? You're a forgiven saint that belongs to this family. So today, as you come to this table, what I want to do is challenge you just in a couple ways. For, for, for some of you, you're here today and you don't feel like you belong. You're not sure if you belong to God and, or, or anyone and you're hurting. I'd invite you to come to pray today. There will be people at the doors. They would love to pray with you and help walk with you in that sense of longing. For others of you, you look back and you think about your baptism and you're sort of like, I don't know, I was like four and I just wanted to swim in the big pool, and, right? Yeah. So you wonder, should I do this again or how does this work? But, but can you just trust that the sacrament is over you, right? Like God knew maybe you just wanted to swim in the pool, but he also, he also placed grace over you when that happened. And he put you in this community. And I think it's okay just to stand in it and go, I am a baptized member of God's family. Okay? I, I want to invite those of you who have been baptized to, to stand in your identity and to embrace the other. To know that you belong to Jesus, but also to know that everybody here belongs to you, right? And then lastly, if you haven't been baptized, I just would ask you, what's stopping you? Okay, what's stopping you? You can sign up on the website. You can call the church. I mean, we will make sure that happens for you if you want that. But what, what would stop you? And as you come to this table today, I'd encourage you to answer that question. If you want to receive Jesus today, the people that are praying will also be happy to help you receive Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thanks for making us a family that belongs to you through Jesus Christ, that have been uh, raised above the cultural markers that name us, and yet we maintain the uniqueness of who we are, but we're united in something more, and that's Jesus. So today, God, I pray that you would, you would give us the grace to stand in our identity, to name our sin, uh, God, to confess our longings, and to have the courage to receive what you've given us in baptism. Would you move among us today, we pray in Christ's name, amen.
We pray that God will use this message to strengthen your faith and draw you into a deeper relationship with himself. If you are interested in hearing other sermons or want more information about the church, please visit our website at www.imagodaycommunity.com.